Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning, Bucknutters. It is Thursday, October 31st, 2019. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. If it's Thursday, that can mean only one thing. 24-7 Sports Director of Recruiting, Steve Wolfong, joins us. Steve. How goes it? Daniel, this is my favorite day of the year, or one of them, Halloween. We're going to navigate Mother Nature. We're going to whoop her ass tonight. It's going to be in the 30s. There's going to be snow flurries, but the Wiltfong boys are going to be out there. We're going to be trucking along. We're going to be collecting candy. Um, one of my boys is a zombie, so he's getting into Halloween for real now. He's five. He, he's moved on from being a superhero, not that there's anything wrong with that. And then my young, my two-year-old's Chase from Paw Patrol. But we're going to get out there and we're going to get after it today. I think to keep the youngest happy, you better have a large sloth of lollipops ready to rock because every picture I see of him, he looks happier when he's got a little food going. <laughs> we're very lucky, Daniel. We're very lucky. But good luck to all you front rowers that have young ones that are trick-or-treating. Get the chili in the crock pot going early uh and uh um because it, we always give the weather report and i'm looking out my window and although the trees are still beautiful in my neighborhood the weather sucks out there right now yeah and you've noticed uh my voice is a tad beaten down i am a native washingtonian so i was up very late watching my baseball team win its first world series since well before my dad was born so that was really cool Speaking of boys, got to get my boys out of bed. We made a rally and watch it with them down the stretch. So very cool. Speaking of very cool and a guy that plays it cool and a guy that's going to maybe break the record for most minutes spent on the BM5 talking about him, B. John Robinson. Class of 2020 recruiting for running back has been nothing short of a soap opera. B. John Robinson, arguably the best running back in the country, was all but signed, sealed, and delivered until he announced. And then when he announced, he announced for Texas. There was some tomfoolery and hijinks in the Robinson family. They wanted him to stay close by. Now, Texas, as people with cable know, not a great football team. Ohio State, very good. So we're now getting to the stretch where questions are going to be asked to Bijan about his status. Don't forget he plays with a future Buckeye right now in Lathan Ransom. So there's that. Long-winded. Here I go. Bijan spoke to our Blair Angulo, 24-7 sports West Coast specialist. And he said he still talks to Ohio State. He certainly did not sound like a guy who was 100% committed to Texas. He talked about even possibly taking an LSU visit. Your thoughts on as the Bijan turns? Well, I think that his recruitment leading up to his Texas commitment was wild uh, in the sense that Ohio State was clearly the leader. And then as his decision day um, got closer, he flipped to Texas. And so 
when a young man flips once, I think that it's always possible that a young man could flip again. These decisions are challenging, and uh, you have a lot of very successful alpha-type personalities in these young men's ear, and, and uh, they're great communicators, and they all have great products to sell, and it can create um, – it can create uh, instances where a young man isn't sure what he's going to do. Um, I think that Ohio State obviously has a lot going for it and has all all the reasons why Bijan was considering Ohio State before the season um, and why he loved Ohio State before the season. Now you're watching the Buckeyes play, and uh, they're playing the way that they said they would before the season. Uh, and uh, you look at Ohio State's depth chart at the running back position, and Certainly, whoever signs is going to share the load with Master Teague. But what Ohio State's – and that's if J.K. leaves, which I think that we would all think that he's going to, right? Is that a safe assumption or a fair assumption? I mean, he's the best running back in the Big Ten right now in the same conference that includes Jonathan Taylor, right? We're, we agree across the board. That J.K. is going to leave, yeah, I don't think there's any chance he comes back. You're sharing the ball with Master, but what they're showing this year is that there's – and what a lot of teams in college football are showing is that there's – Enough to go around, and uh, um, and then you obviously your opportunity to be the feature back, if not even right away, um, is certainly in the near future as well. So um, I, I think that um, Bijan loved Ohio State. Could he love Ohio State again? We'll see. You know, talking to Blarian Gulo, who's the lead analyst on Bijan, and I haven't spoken to him since he wrote yesterday's article that had a lot of juice to it uh, on 24-7 Sports, latest on five-star running back B. John Robinson. Um, he, he uh, in the past, I don't think that we were ever really ready to close the door on, on, on his recruitment in Texas and that he would ultimately use his remaining official visits. So um, we'll see what happens. So Zachary Evans, Kendall Milton, and B. John Robinson, considered by most to be the three best running backs in the class, or you could at least make that argument. Do you see Milton sticking with Georgia? I see Zach Evans is, you know, crystal balls, 50% Georgia. The LSU's in the mix. Now you hear Robinson's going to visit LSU. It seems there's kind of a fluid nature to these guys at this point. So I think Kendall Milton is locked in with Georgia. If you go back to his process, he basically had his top three and visited both in the same form or fashion, saw all three in the spring, took officials to all three, giving all three an equal opportunity to to present their their case. I think Georgia clearly led, um, but he still dotted his I's and crossed all his T's before announcing. And so uh, with all that, I think Kendall Milton sticks. Um it's recruiting, so I guess you, you always have to throw in the caveat, but it's recruiting, so people know you're not married to any of your statements. Uh-huh. Um, I think that uh, um, Zach Evans is – Yeah, I was very confident that he was going to Georgia at the end of summer, going into the fall. Um, he had some off-field incident uh, with his team. I don't know all the information there. I just know he hasn't played in every one of his team's games this year because of it. Um, I think that that maybe slowed down his recruitment. I also Alabama was clearly the team to beat for Zach Evans in the spring. Um, so there's been a lot of twists and turns with that one. Uh, LSU seems to be a lot of buzz there. Uh, I'm certain George is still in there. He visited Alabama earlier this fall. So that just looks like your regular SEC slobber knocker uh, on the trail. Just kind of bizarre that LSU would still be in the mix with this many dudes this late. 
Like they don't have a running back. Yeah, but no, they're they're recruiting at a high clip right now. They got a chance to finish number one this cycle, um, as does Clemson and, and Alabama. No one knows what Bijan's going to do. Even if we said it out loud, it takes me about an hour to produce the podcast, and I'd be worried he would change his mind in that hour. But I think we know for sure this is far from over. If he's still taking calls from LSU and Ohio State this late, this could go up until the last day. So, Okay, another guy, arguably an even better prospect, committed to Ohio State, Julian Fleming. Just tell everybody that the Penn State vibes that they get from the Pennsylvania native are BS. He was just going to visit his girlfriend. Would you agree with that? I have yet to hear otherwise. I have not heard anything about Julian Fleming uh, flipping to Penn State, and I feel like his actions have been strong towards Ohio State as well. I don't see any panic on the front row about Julian Fleming taking Ohio State out of his – I mean, he's got got the Ohio State University is his Twitter bio. So, you know, I guess those are always the tells and the signs. Uh, so if you're doing something behind the scenes, don't change your Twitter bio. He's still recruiting for Ohio State on social media as well. Um, he's retweeting Ohio State stuff. His actions seem to be good for the buck. I don't think he's going to flip to Penn State. Neither do I. I talked to someone who actually would know, and they feel great about it. I was just doing that to kind of assuage whatever silly fears anybody might have. And the fact is, that dude is good enough that you know Penn State should be calling him every single day. But even like on another, like, you know, you know, Indiana's keeping in touch with all the guys that are committed to other Big Ten programs in their state. Doesn't mean that those guys are going to flip or even a threat to flip. So that happens everywhere. We'll see what happens. On the front row, I asked you guys to submit some questions for Steve. It was clear B. John Robinson was the topic of the day. That was a majority of the questions. I distilled it down to some others, and we're going to hit those right after a quick commercial break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We are back. Here is a question. Generally speaking, the quality of Midwest recruits, Big Ten recruits in the class of 2020 versus the class of 2021, which is better? For the Midwest guys? Oh, man. For oh, your guys that you think will land in the Big Ten? I think, like, the way for me to kind of tackle this in a in a way that will make sense is I think that Ohio State and Penn State are recruiting guys that can play with anybody um, athletically. I think that Ohio State, they get more guys that walk into college ready to play right away. They may not need to, but most of the guys Ohio State signs could make an impact as a true freshman if asked. Um, I think that Penn State, a lot of their guys could, but some of them are developmental guys. Their program's a mix of ready-made with 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 some with some developmental guys uh, more so than than Ohio State. But I think that they have proven that they develop their guys well um, as well. So I think that um, those are two programs that are legit. They got Jim's and Joe's um, and uh, draft picks. And, um, you know, Ohio State's clearly the most talented team um, in the Big Ten. But uh, I, I just – everyone on this show knows that – that listens to this show knows 
I've always liked the way Penn State's built their roster um, and, and recruited. I think Michigan's pretty good, too. Um, I, I think that, um, you know, we'll see how things continue to develop with um, first-year offensive coordinator Josh Gaddis. Um, but you know, Michigan had a top-10 recruiting class last year. They're in the top-10 right now this year. So I think those – I just think that for Michigan – they need to find a way to win consistently win big ball games. Um, that's kind of, it hasn't been because they aren't good enough to be on the field. I mean, they've hell they've, they've had bad, they've had maybe some suspect Michigan teams still take Ohio state into the fourth quarter and you need a Dwayne Haskins play off the bench to win, win you one. So they got players for them. It's more just rising to the occasion after that. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't. I think this Ohio State Wisconsin game was a clear example of the difference between the two programs. Yes, Wisconsin has good coaches. Yes, they recruit some NFL guys, um, and and they develop and scheme well. But at the end of the day, man, they just couldn't keep up for four quarters with an Ohio State team that has NFL guys in every in every room. And and so Wisconsin's private Wisconsin and Iowa, Minnesota, those are like the teams in the next group that once in a while could beat a Michigan or a Ohio State or a Penn State, but just aren't consistently going to. Yeah, what hurts them now is Michigan State is really down. Michigan State was a playoff team a few years ago and was on a run of producing pros. They had just recruited better than they are doing now, and that program has dropped off considerably. They had so many NFL guys in the secondary, in addition to the other, you know, in their front seven and on their offensive line. But when you're playing against Ohio State, and you, you got to have guys that can cover. Like Wisconsin, their their DBs just aren't, at least from my vantage point, maybe I'm wrong, they're just not athletic enough. Those Michigan State teams, they're running out first-round picks uh, out there at corner. And people can say, oh, they took advantage of the Big Ten when Michigan was down and yada, yada. Maybe there's some truth to that in the sense of it helped them recruit some guys. But, I mean, Michigan State wasn't going 12-0 and with a bunch of just good college players. And they had NFL dudes out there on their team. And that's why they won over 11 games like four out of five years or something. I, I think that they had a lot of talent. And they're not as talented as they were, certainly not in the in the secondary. Even like they even like Monte Nicholson was a game wrecker at Michigan State. You know, like that guy was a physical just stud. He's in the NFL now. I mean, so they they had they had a lot of NFL guys and uh, they got hot for a while. And I don't think they have the same amount of NFL guys right now. Trey Waynes was a, a lightly recruited corner speed guy from Wisconsin. Darquez Denard was from a one-stop-like town in Georgia. They developed those guys. Ken Manny's one of the best strength coaches in the in the in the country, but those guys still had it in them. Michigan State did a great job of evaluating, finding them, and getting it out of them. But now the guys that they're getting, they're probably getting peak performance from, but their upside isn't the same as those those guys. Justin Lane and Jerome Baker both played at Benedictine. Lane was a year behind Jerome. And Jerome Baker was a much more highly publicized recruit than Lane. Lane went to Michigan State to play receiver, and he ended up getting drafted at defensive back before Jerome Baker got drafted. So they were able to develop the guys is what I'm saying. And, yes, Denard and Waynes had it in them, but no, go look at their offer list. No one else saw pro sure. in there besides those guys. So. When no, no something has happened to Michigan State staff, they were able to take guys like that, or maybe it was in the selection process. But 
Yeah, I, I just don't. And they were then able. I mean, look what they did. That's the team. If you really go back and look, that well, gave Ohio chances, State the most trouble. Your chances of recruit you like so it's playing with fire. Like people are like the recruiting rankings don't matter. Um, they do. I think that. I mean, obviously we're not perfect with the recruiting rankings, but your margin of error is smaller if you're landing more of the touted guys that are heavily recruited. And so Michigan State, I just we're talking out loud about this. I've done no research. I think that they that window of time they hit on so many guys, and the guys that they're hitting on now. I'm not saying that they're not they're still a solid football team, but they're just those guys aren't the same. They're they're still recruiting from the same waters, but the fish they're pulling out aren't as juicy on the back end right now. As I guess my point. Yeah, but that tends to be the scouting eye of someone in recruiting, and I either have to look at Michigan State, and I'll bet that guy's not there anymore, whoever it is. All right, let's finish with the Ohio State side of this. Back to a question that was asked, and a guy who, if B. John Robinson set the record for his name being mentioned in the class of 2021, here's a name we're going to hear a lot from. North Carolina running back Will Shipley. Uh, just think Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry to fall into that, but it's just too easy. He visited here last weekend. We are hearing Notre Dame, Clemson, and Ohio State are in the mix. Something Clemson leads. Most think Notre Dame leads. Do you think Ohio State made up any ground in the Shipley recruitment over the weekend? I think Ohio State will be a finalist. I don't really know who leads for Will Shipley right now. I've talked to him after every visit that he's been on this fall. He's been to Virginia. He's been to Clemson. He's been to Notre Dame, and, and he's been to Ohio State. I take that back. I haven't talked to him after his NC State or North Carolina visits. Uh, there are people that have said that proximity may matter to him. I don't get that sense. I think he's going to play on a big stage. I think he's going to play at a big stage school or a school that looks promising in that regard. So maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm wrong there, but I think that Ohio State's in the middle of it. I think Clemson is, too. Certainly Notre Dame obviously is. Maybe if North Carolina keeps doing their thing. I think Ohio State's definitely in it, and he had a great time, and he'll be back. And This this wasn't a one-time visit, great time. Buckeyes are out. I think that he stayed overnight, got some great time with Kevin Wilson, obviously got some great time with Tony Alford, got to meet with Coach Ryan Day. Um, and, and so he had a terrific experience, and um, – He'll be back in Ohio State. He'll be one of the schools mentioned on the short list. Hope you enjoyed that show, people. Steve and I got a little tangential, as we are wont to do. We appreciate Steve stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. Take care, y'all. See you on the front row. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.